from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Remember, you know, it took a lot of work to get us to um, 1973. I sat with him and I heard him say, care is care. Uh, I would just like to add, just let your networks know, let your family and your friends, let people know that abortion care is still available. I'm Rod Milo. Speaking yesterday at a news conference in Madrid, President Joe Biden said that he would support making an exception to the filibuster in order to codify abortion rights and the right to privacy into law through legislation passed by Congress. I believe we have to codify Roe v. Wade in the law, and the way to do that is to make sure the Congress votes to do that. And if the filibuster gets in the way, it's like voting rights, it should be we provide an exception for this, for the exception the require an exception to the filibuster for this action. Biden's announcement comes a week after Democratic lawmakers were calling on him to do just that, including St. Louis's own Representative Cori Bush. I sat down with Missouri's first congressional district congresswoman yesterday evening to ask her what she is pushing for in Washington in the wake of Roe v. Wade being overturned. I started our conversation by asking the representative about Biden's support to make an exception to the filibuster and how confident she is that Congress can make that happen. Uh, You know, right now, because every single tool, we have to use every single tool um, at our disposal uh, and we have to um, speak to every single uh, colleague that we have. We have to, uh, you know, um, work with the groups that have been mobilizing for years. Um, knowing that this time would come. Um, And so I'm confident that we'll do what's needed. Uh, Hearing this, hearing that um, not only Speaker Pelosi, you know, a few days ago, Speaker Pelosi spoke about um, abolishing the filibuster um, or at least doing a carve out for for WIPA for this um, to codify Roe v. Wade and to hear our president now come out and say the same thing. Um, so this is this is just really new because I've been pushing for abolishing the filibuster um, the entire time I've been in Congress and it was like hitting kind of like a brick wall. And so this, um, so change is happening. Now, do you think that an exception to the filibuster is enough though? Um, we'll see, we're about to see. Okay. We have to, we have okay. to throw everything, <laughs> throw everything at this situation. Okay, so that's on, and with the president supporting that, that's on the executive branch side. And for half of the uh, legislative branch, the exception to the filibuster is what is happening. What kind of action do you think the House could take where you sit? Yeah, so there are a lot of things that the House can do. So we have to come at this from various angles because people need help now. Uh, And so um, making sure that uh, we're letting people know we need to expand the court. 
We need to expand the court and restore its legitimacy as a body. You know, it needs to reflect the needs of the majority of the people in this country. Uh, we need to repeal the Hyde Amendment we, and make sure that all of our insurers that they cover abortion care, including Medicaid and Medicare. Uh, we have to talk more about um, something that we, we're not hearing, uh, we wouldn't hear a lot about before, which was increasing the access to medication abortion um, and preventing states, those some because we have states who have efforts to ban the use of it. Uh, and then uh, we also need to provide resources for individuals who are seeking abortion uh, care in other states. So making sure that they have um, vouchers for travel, childcare services, um, making sure that they have other forms of support like housing and um, uh, because people need that help now. And so this is a way for us to make sure that just because you live in a trigger ban state, um, you still have access to care. Now, you've asked President Biden to declare all of this a public health emergency uh, in the wake of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Uh, how did the president receive that idea? And then actually declaring it a public health emergency, what would that actually do? Yeah, so right now, um, I, so and I was actually proud to lead this push within the Congressional Black Caucus um, for the president to, to make this declaration. Um, you know, it, he, if the president does this, he'll use that executive authority to open up the resources that we've been talking about, the resources for the abortion care services. It'll expand and protect access to the medication abortion pills, which um, access had, um, had not been as broad as we would like. Um, and then, you know, it, it, uh, this would also open up for the administration to explore like every option for protecting abortion care. Um, they can uh, determine what, what is all possible, what the needs are per state, um, and it include consultation with the agencies that are doing this work um, around federal facilities and federal land. Now, speaking of federal land, in your press release that came out on Thursday, one of the things that you suggested was stripping the court of its power to invalidate federal laws that protect um, fundamental rights, as including reproductive health, voting, and marriage equality. But you also said... Uh, that you wanted to set up different areas where where federal land was involved, where people could get abortion services. How realistic do you think something like that is in actually happening? Yeah, so that is a big push um, from Senator Elizabeth Warren. And we've been meeting with groups and talking about how something like this could actually come about. Uh, and I think that right now, again, putting thinking about uh, being really innovative and thinking about what we have um, at our disposal and what we could use to help um, to help with this crisis that we're in right now, this emergency. This is an emergency because lives will be lost because of this decision that came down from this far right court, um, this far right majority court. And uh, when I, I just thinking about, uh, I was at a local. Um, Planned Parenthood recently, a, a few weeks ago. And when I was there, I was talking to the staff and what I was told was they see about 5,000 people a, a year. 
But now because of this decision, they'll be seeing about 30,000 people per year. The, the size of the building did not change. The amount of rooms, exam rooms did not change, the, but the influx of people will. So we need a place for people to go. So, so we're looking at all the needs and just trying to see uh, what all we, how we can plug in. So, um, so everything is, like I said, everything is on the table right now. Nothing is off the table. Uh, and we're going to do the work like we're doing right now to make sure that people today who have appointments are receiving care as we look at what's going to happen tomorrow. Now, do you have any advice for any of the people who you figure might actually be feeling pretty hopeless about the situation as it stands? Um, there is hope. People are still receiving services right now. The advocates are working hard. Those abortion funds are still receiving, receiving funds um, to help people to access uh, services. Your um, elected officials, are um, those of us that are in support of bodily autonomy. We are um, working hard to make sure that people are able to access service. I sat with the Secretary of Health and Human Services the day that the announcement, um, that de that decision was announced. And I sat with him and I heard him say, care is care. And he said that um, it may be a little more difficult uh, accessing services or getting things done, but it will still happen. People will still receive care. And there are other things that Congress can do. So we are looking at that. And if Congress can codify Roe v. Wade, if we can get that done, then we remove the right for states to be able to prevent or pro prohibit um, uh, abortions. We do not need uh, uh, those who don't who are unelected, this is an unelected body who made the decision for, um, for people all across this country, over 36 million people. And so we won't take this lying down. We are still fighting. We are fighting and we will continue to fight. And um, remember, you know, it took a lot of work to get us to um, 1973, uh, to have, um, to, to be in a world where um, abortion was legal. And so uh, it, took us a, it took us a while to get there, but we got there. And so we're gonna do everything we can to make sure that Roe v. Wade is the law of the land. So you were at Planned Parenthood in St. Louis in the Central West and in the city of St. Louis and when you received the news that the Supreme Court had overturned Roe v. Wade. And as you pointed out on Twitter, even on that day, that's the same location that you visited in the mid 1990s to access abortion care when you were only 18 years old. And so far, we've only talked about um, actions that you're taking on the issue pretty much as a lawmaker. And since this is such a really deeply personal topic to you, I want to offer you a little bit of room to reflect on what it meant for you to have access to reproductive health care when you were a teenager. Um, is there anything you want people to understand about your own personal experience? Yeah, um, so I was 17 when I had to make that decision. I was... Uh, um, it was the result of a rape. Uh, it was a situation that I didn't even understand. Uh, I didn't understand what was happening when it happened. And uh, I was not prepared to be able to care for a child at that time. But um, I was able to go to the phone book. It was the big fat yellow pages back then. I went to the yellow pages and, and turned it to where I heard other people, friends of mine in school talk about um, a place that they went to before. And I went and I just, I opened the phone book. There was the name. I called, the, I called 
you know, and someone answered and gave me an appointment and I was able to go there and receive services. I turned 18 by the time I, um, by, the, by the time I actually had the abortion um, just a, a couple weeks later, but, um, but I was able to do that just by picking up a phone and just by making an appointment the same way I would pick up a phone and make an appointment for, um, to, to have a, uh, you know, a, a tooth removed or, you know, for any other service. Um, that's how easy it should be to be able to access our reproductive health um, care services because abortion care is health care. And honestly, I don't know where I'd be right now if I ended up having the child of my rapist. And is there anything else that you would like to add? Uh, I would just like to add just let your networks know, let your family and your friends, let people know that abortion care is still available. It is available and it is abortion care is also indispensable. It is essential and it is necessary um, to make sure that we are saving lives. And so uh, reach out if you need to play, if you need to know how to access services, you can look on our website um, at bush.house.gov. You can also, um, reach out to our office. You can call us 314-955-9980. You can call Planned Parenthood. There are a a Missouri Abortion Fund. There are so uh, many uh, places and resources out there available. Today's episode was produced by Emily Woodbury with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dore. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.